Hey, it's Justin, and before we jump into today's podcast, I am excited to share. Today is episode number 300. I mean, that's just so unbelievable and incredible, um, and I just wanted to celebrate that with all of you. Thank you so much for the brands that have come onto the podcast, the people behind the brands, most importantly, and the PR folks that present the brands and the people that should be on the podcast. Thank you so much for what's been an amazing partnership the last couple of years. It has been so much fun to be along on the ride with all of you that have been growing products, packages, brands, ideas, bringing leadership concepts to life. It has been just really cool to be kind of on the ride with you. And um, I'm just so thankful for all of you. Uh, today's podcast is going to be also epic. Um, we've got the CEO of Batteries Plus. Yeah, I mean, you've seen their stores like all over town. Um, he's an amazing guy. Scott Williams is joining us talking about retail, e-commerce, direct to consumer, like building a brand. Like they're booming right now, even though it's COVID. I mean, like it's, it's going to be a great story. You're really going to love it. But bottom line is, thank you. Uh, we've got a lot of good content in front of us. Like literally the next couple weeks and months are already mapped out. Um, and there's just some amazing, incredible brands that we'll get to introduce you to and, and be a part of spotlighting their their story. And uh, that's what we're here for. We're here for you. So, hey, thanks for listening. And remember, every winner started as a contender. Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, you guys are going to absolutely love this conversation. We're in the retail space, and on the podcast today is the CEO of Batteries Plus Bulbs. I used to know it as Batteries Plus, but it's Scott Williams. It's so great to have you here, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a fan of your podcast and what you do around leadership and retail, and and we are on a journey back to Batteries Plus. So you're, you've got a good memory, and we're heading back there to really... Uh, relate to our range of services these I, days. I love it. And I'm so glad you, know, you took the time out of your busy day to join us. And um, man, your background is so incredible. And then we, this this role you have in, as the CEO of Batteries Plus, I'm just so excited for you. And I can't wait to dive into it. There's a lot happening in retail, as everybody knows that's listening, um, especially over the last year or two. Um, let's do this. Before we get to the company and the brand and the franchise operations and whatnot, dude, share with us a little bit of your background. I mean, as I was doing my homework on you, I, I saw you spent time at Cabela's, uh, Duluth Trading. I mean, you've got a really strong uh, background, Bob's Discount Furniture, like b- before joining Batteries Plus. So what, so what led you to take this role and kind of talk about your career a bit? Yeah, you know, as my career developed, I don't know if I specifically chose retail and e-commerce <laughs> or if it or if it found it chose me, you. But, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but you know, early and when I was with uh, Office Max and Boise Cascade, I ended up running OfficeMax.com, which was about the top six uh, retail e-commerce site. And as we went into it, really thought about what's going to be the future of retail and how does this all work together, both from a consumer and from a B two B standpoint. Uh, I spent four years running samsclub.com. So obviously part of retail number one uh, overall with Walmart down in Bentonville, Arkansas. Totally. And (laughs) and found my way to Cabela's um, where I spent six years there starting as chief marketing officer and became uh, chief commercial officer and president. 
and was uh, ascending to CEO when we had a transaction right. uh, with Bass Pro. Bass Shops. Pro, so, that's right. So it was, uh, I love the, the Cabela's brand, um, obviously avid outdoor space, a passion category and about 33% of the business was online. So really kind of understanding what, what omni-channel really means. Well, I love uh, that. Hey, real quick on yeah. that point, when I was at Coca-Cola, I actually called on Cabela's and I flew out to Nebraska, visited the office. I mean, it was amazing. The the, lo- the location's almost in the middle of nowhere, but then the store there, I mean, just unbelievable and great people. It's kind of one of those, you drive up on it and it's sort <laughs> right. of this nirvana sitting on a hill. It's a town of 6,000 with 2,000 worked for the company. So That's if you had any family members, it's probably half the town is a company town and uh, wow. great, great people in Western Nebraska. Oh, amazing. After that, I know you went to Bob's and Duluth before Batteries Plus Bulbs. But um, and, and so, so what led you to take this role with Batteries Plus Bulbs? Yeah, I'm an active board member on both Bob's Discount Furniture and Duluth and continue involved with those two brands. And I, I love them and, and big fans of theirs. But as I've become a student of retail and me thinking about Batteries Plus, I really tried to put this lens on it of what is the future of retail and what is the moat, I call it, or basically the water around the castle that keeps folks from charging into your business. And I found that Batteries Plus has a very unique moat. Um, we have 700 stores, about 100 of them are company owned. But with our breadth of product and services, it's really kind of a bundle. So as you come in, you would not only have 30% of the business that's B2B and commercial, but we do services like fixing cell phones, right. what we do with key fobs, et cetera, that you wouldn't naturally just go to a pure play internet retailer and then try to program your key fob. In fact, it'd be almost impossible to do or totally. really take apart your phone, et cetera. And so as I thought about what an amazing combination of the real purpose of brick and mortar retail that is allows folks to be able to have that personal service. And a lot of products we sell are non-shippable, uh, lead-based batteries and some things like that. So I thought you talk about skating to where the future of omnichannel retail is. I, batteries Plus seemed like the perfect opportunity for me. I, I love it. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, when you were back at OfficeMax.com, I mean, 2006 was pretty early days for, you know, what was called Omnichannel. I don't even know if it was called that, you know, then. And it's just boomed since then. And we'll, we're going to dive into that in a few minutes. But um, let's talk about Batteries Plus. So um, for, for those that haven't been in a Batteries Plus, share with us just what the product assortment looks like and and also on the services side. Yeah, so if you walked into a Batteries Plus, you would think of it being 1,500, 2,000 square feet, including the back room. Typically, it can be an inline in a strip center, um, does not require a drive-through, and usually has some nose-in parking out front. As I said, there's 700 of them in 49 states, so we virtually are within 10 or 15 minutes of of virtually all the uh, consumers within the U.S. And as folks go forward, you might pull into our store for free battery testing and we could pop the hood right out front and pop in an auto battery. Oftentimes we're a very needs-based business. So your watch battery quit working, you need a boat, a boat battery, uh, something happened to your cell phone. And so it's very important kind of that immediacy. And so as you think about how e-commerce plays, 97% of our e-commerce orders are buy online, pick up in store. So they'll have it shipped to the store because they're going to want to have it installed or make sure that they have the right battery, et cetera. And so it's been a very terrific 
franchise opportunity for folks. And our franchise owners go between one and 19 stores. So it's great small business and locally owned, but also can scale and have folks have quite a substantial business, uh, sometimes across multiple states. Wow. Very familiar with it here in Atlanta. We've got a number of locations, one right around the corner from my house. For those that don't know the the market here, I've got to give you some numbers. Um, and Scott, you'll know these. But uh, the battery market in the U.S., the replacement battery market, is $32 billion. That's, a, that's the market for that. The the. U.S. light bulb replacement market, like your bulb goes out, you need to get a new bulb. $22 billion. And the smartphone repair industry is $2.4 billion. This is the, the world you guys are playing in. So how do you guys differentiate? Like, what's the, what's the play for your brand? Well, in a lot of cases, it's really interesting. If you first look at kind of the growth of, growth of the overall market, we're pretty excited about it. Um, the average length of time somebody keeps an automobile has typically been about 10 years. And that is now expanding to about 12 years. So if you think about getting a new auto battery every two to three to four years, you now would replace it uh, maybe three times in the life of the battery of the car versus two. So that part has not only continued to expand, but what is the cycle of those batteries? You know, in golf and marine, um, experience record numbers, as you probably have seen, last year was the year of the RV and people wanted to go out on their local lakes on their boats or golf carts because they were social distancing, safe activities, outdoors, et cetera. And honestly, in device repair, many people have cut their landline, right? So that device is the only way you're going to FaceTime with someone or Zoom. And if you were down, you're really out of commission, especially if you're a millennial. You can barely last an hour without your phone. <laughs> and so it, it is every, it's, your, it's your camera, it's your social media, it's everything in between. So we feel like we're in really healthy categories that are going to continue to grow and launch it now into smart home, which is a lot of things like uh, thermostats and doorbells, et cetera, that are going to take advantage of the at-home technology. In- interesting. So talk about, um, you mentioned earlier, 100 company-owned stores, and then the others are franchised. What's your strategy around that? How do you decide like how many company-owned stores you should have versus the franchise model? Yeah. So if we look at our percentage, 100 out of 700, something like 14%. And our sweet spot is going to stay in the teens. It'll probably stay a little less than 20%. But last year, we bought back 21 stores, including 13, okay. in South Carol- 13 in South Carolina, 8 in Denver. Um, we're really bullish on the business. And, uh, and so if we weren't, we wouldn't be buying the corporate right, stores no because we're operating them. We also think it's really important that we demonstrate uh, the ways to sample and test in the new product categories and lead with corporate stores first. Got Make it. sure that we have all the processes, procedure, and training down. So we recently were awarded the first ever Samsung uh, partnership to be able to repair their phones. And we're an independent service provider. So we rolled that out first in our corporate stores, proprietary Samsung technology that opens the phone without breaking it, does all the diagnostics. And then we roll it out to our franchise owners, knowing that we've kind of worked through the processes and it becomes very seamless for them. Interesting. For those that are listening that may be not in retail, you know, as often as, as some of us, um, you know, when I think about the company-owned stores, you, you can really manage the brand standard, the the shelf set, the merchandising, the look and feel, the the staffing and whatnot. And the franchise operation, right? You 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 may or could lose control of some of that. How do you maintain that same quality in the 
franchise operation. I know this is like one-on-one for you. I'm just curious how you, how you think about that. I'd love to make sure we educate our listeners on that. Yeah, I think it's a great point because a lot of folks, including myself that have grown up in company-owned stores, it's very much of sort of a command and control environment (laughs) where as you think about this, it's a little bit more influence. Um, But however, when you capitalize on sort of this family-owned business, folks really wanting to live the American dream to own a few stores, um, they are often very, very local and very, very passionate. So they know a lot of the local sports teams or the churches and schools that we sell to, et cetera. We do have some national standards we look at. We keep medallion scores, which is basically sure. a net promoter score. You would know that term pretty Absolutely. well. We run you know, in the, in the mid-80s on those. And so we have terrific net promoter scores. And you can see the differentiator between ownership groups, et cetera. We're also able to like uh, look at number of appointment settings that come from our website to be able to schedule and to be able to look at incentives to be able to look at updating the store. So we're very excited. We have a new project we call Project Volt that will remodel <laughs> so appropriate. and update. So Volt's obviously a play, <laughs> playoff battery and charging. And totally. And we think it's going to be a nice shock to the system. Over 500 uh, stores dude, that's funny. will be getting new <laughs> batteries plus signage with our new tagline, Power It, Light It, Fix It. And I think it'll really be noticeable. There's a lot of energy in the brand these days. I think it's really cool because you've gone deep in a category. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think of some mass merchants out there that we, you know, we could name that sell some of these products, but don't go deep. And they also don't go anywhere on services, right? And so I think it's really interesting that you guys are going deep in the category and then adding tangential services um, that go with it. I, I think it's a really cool proposition. Um, that's just me talking, but <laughs> I think it's really great. Um, listen, I, I couldn't believe... So before we hit record, you, you told me something that I was like... I almost dropped my mic, no pun intended. Um, you said March. So here we are, just so you guys know, timing-wise. We're, we're in March 2021. Uh, COVID, of course, is still progressing and getting, you know, things seem to be opening up, which is wonderful. And you said, Scott, that March was your best month ever. Oh my gosh. So why? And what, what's, you know, what, do, what are you seeing in terms of retail as we get going here looking forward? Yeah, it was the largest volume month we've had in the history of the company. That's and it's not just because, yeah, it's not <laughs> because we're lapping COVID from last year. It's because the raw volume numbers are really coming through. Wow. And I think it's a couple of things that are happening. Obviously, our franchise owners are doing a heck of a job and being able to make sure that we have the right products in, in stock. So if you think of some of the powerful categories like golf and marine, um, auto, folks that have the batteries and are able to get them at the right time in the right place or taking advantage of the demand that's out there. Um, there's a little bit of, uh, and I don't think it's big for us, but a little bit of help from stimulus money that's out sure. in the market that's Absolutely. helping some categories run. But most importantly for us, we're starting to hit on all cylinders. So if you get um, Samsung repairs will come in. So you're fixing phones. Um, we're opening back up churches and schools that's right. who have lighting projects and you know, fix, you know, what they can do for laptop chargers and a variety of things like that. So we were having great numbers. We were up 5% the last eight months of last year, even during the pandemic. But obviously there were a few softer areas for businesses that were closed and some things like that. You get the momentum of the main categories and get America opening back up. We feel really bullish about how things are going forward. And we use this term we call SALE and it's 
<laughs> so it spells sale, obviously, but right. it's for we us, have sales. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I, I, S is small, A is oh. assorted, L is local, and E is essential. Wow. And the reason we put small in there was you come into our stores and we might have three to five employees, maybe wow. two to three employees. So your interaction with a huge big box is not there. No. You get the personalized service. We have about 80, 85% conversion at the register because folks are asking those questions. And I think that's kind of become really in the sweet spot of I want somebody close, small, I like the local angle to it. And for our franchise owners, while we've gone deep in in some categories, the variety to be able to go from phones to key fobs to auto gives a chance that you're not just reliant on one category. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, you mentioned uh, buy online, pick up in store, and, and of course, there's a number of, of channels in retail. So that's one. One another would be direct to consumer. Another would be just you have to go to the store to buy stuff. Well, as you look at you know the, the, where we are this year and going forward, and how retail is really evolving, like what are you seeing as some of the trends? And this is a little bit of taking off the the batteries plus hat for just a moment, and be your retail expert. What are you seeing as some of the big trends uh, going into, especially back half of this year for retail? Yeah, I think a couple of things are going to happen. One is I believe the adoption of technology is here to stay. And so when I say that, I think of the different age groups that we all interact with. And if you were to go back with folks that were older and ask them to do Zoom or FaceTime or be able to order contactless serve curbside or carry out from a restaurant, well, many of them would have had difficulty adopting the technology or at least would have been uncomfortable for them. Sure. But no now doubt. it's really... You know, it's now really part of their capabilities and do it very comfortably. So I believe the integration of technology with retail will continue to be a different level. So what we've tried to do to be a part of that is look at the old, whole customer journey. So if you go onto our website, then you can actually do appointment setting on the site. And we then will confirm back the appointment that you have, uh, and then you would get text messaging with a new technology we put in there that reminds you of your appointment, gives you an alert shortly before the appointment and any pertinent information that you have. So I believe those have become table stakes that folks be able to see the integration utilization of mobile along with retail. And when those work seamlessly together, I think it's really powerful. Uh, and as, as we go forward, I think there are categories that are doing it better than others. You know, you expect that at uh, tires and car dealers and different things like that are very service related. And I think we're really taking it to that level within Batteries Plus. Interesting. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of talk, especially over the last year on a couple of topics. I, I'd love to throw some of these out at you and just get your thoughts. We'll go a little off script here for a minute. Um, okay. So w one is uh, obviously that the COVID experience for retailers accelerated many of their investments in e-commerce, in technology, um, and, and took things that were kind of on the, the back burner or a couple years out and accelerated those. Have you seen that not only in your own role, but across other companies with which you're involved? Yeah, I think so. I've even heard folks go so far as to accuse retail of being a bit asleep at the switch. Oh, uh, interesting. Talking, uh, talking omni-channel saying how important it is, yet when this pandemic hit, were they ready to really accelerate it? And I think it caused a wake-up call for a lot of folks. What we found, and, and I was really proud of our organization, was 
uh, the speed at which they adapted was uh, extremely fast. So wow. we had contactless curbside uh, within 48 hours across the chain. And in order to do that, you need to have payment devices. So we have the option for square devices to be able to be at the curb and to be able to load things into the back of folks' car. So were we fully prepared? Well, we were able to spin it quickly because of some of the things we'd put in place. And I think that that's continued to be where folks need to think a little bit about buy online, pick up in store, where we have uh, basically dedicated racks that you would have that would be able to show buy online, pick up, pick up in store pickups. You'll see those at some restaurants and so forth, but those largely weren't enabled pre-COVID. And then folks really needed to scramble to get there. And so as they go forward, now you can have folks really be able to spot their order quickly. Oftentimes it's pre prepaid for, sure. et cetera. And I think that all is going to continue as we go forward. And then what about in-store? Are in-store technologies progressing yet, you know, in terms of POS, in-store, geofencing, mobile, all that? Or is that still kind of, you know, nice to have a lot of good tech talk, but it's not, you know, that that hasn't really evolved. What have you seen on that front? Well, I think two things. I think that geofencing is here to stay, and a lot of that's enabled by breaching the geofence to be able to send relevant marketing messages. And I think that primarily exactly. from a marketing targeting point of view is here to stay. I think some of the more advanced features like beacons inside stores, right. maybe, we're, oh, maybe we're a little ahead of their time. Got it. Uh, based on the size of our box, we haven't needed to do that um, within targeting within an aisle. But what we have done, which is pretty exciting, is a part of our project Volt is we've added two new monitors, opened up the drive aisle down the middle of the store, and we actually are finding some great strides in awareness where folks have said, oh my gosh, you know, you guys do golf and marine right. and auto and <laughs> totally. And there's a couple of areas, honestly, that we uh, do really well, but we need the brand awareness of the breadth of our services. And so that those... Uh, monitors are helping. And also, obviously, we're partnering with our suppliers on that messaging uh, because we have some great partners, you know, that uh, in Duracell and East Penn and some others that are helping us really drive that. Okay, that's awesome and a great segue. So another trend um, on the consumer goods side, so the guys that make your bulbs and batteries and other products for the store, many of them have adopted a direct-to-consumer channel uh, or an e-commerce channel, uh, especially during COVID as they felt like, I got to have that, you know, to, to be able to get my batteries, let's just say, direct to consumer. Are you seeing that as a, a challenge or no big deal? Uh, I'm just curious to hear your, your take on how your suppliers are, are focusing or, or maybe not focusing on direct to consumer. You know, we're really fortunate in that front. I'm very familiar with the subject and really have to look at that a lot in a previous life within uh, Sam's Club or Cabela's where you would have direct to consumer businesses that could seem like a frenemy, they call right. it, you know, sort yeah, of totally. somewhat friends, hey, somewhat we enemy. supply you and we sell to the same consumer. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> exactly. You know, but ours, we uh, break down our business into quadrants and we really look at products and services and then products that are cross shoppable. And the percentage of items that really are cross shoppable on direct to consumer parts of our suppliers and or someone like a big peer play is more in the 25 percent or less range. So yeah, could you maybe find double A AA and triple A batteries that you could find in a lot of places, right? You could sure. find those in drugstores and online, et cetera. But the opportunity to really 
drop in an auto battery and think about installing it, do it yourself. You know, what we and and what we have in proprietary brands, we're really excited. We just relaunched a brand called X2. And, and it's come X2? with a lot of X2 is a high performance brand that we're focusing a lot on marine. But it will also have a part of it that will go into lithium and high performance that will go into golf and some other categories. Interesting. And if you think about that, these are big passion categories where folks are very proud of their boat. Um, they're, they want the lighter weight. They want the high performance. We've got it in some really cool, um, you know, kind of bright blue, neon, lithium green. And what will happen <laughs> cool. is I think it's something, you know, how do you romance a battery? <laughs> but it really <laughs> is when it's high performance and it's a passion piece of it. And those products are not available except at Batteries Plus. Wow. So part of the cool. angle there is to make sure that as part of the frenemy, you also have Some your proprietary brands. And, I was yeah, going to say exclusive. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Exactly right. That's great. Wow. Okay. Um, so looking forward. So one of the things I feel like you and the, the company – are doing now is really focusing on building the brand and awareness. And I, I, I don't know, I sense that and see that in the market. How are you guys doing that? Is it, are you providing the tools to the franchise owners or, or is this a corporate type function? What does that look like for you guys? Well, as we think about from our franchise model, there's a couple of things that go on there. We take the marketing funds and we primarily deploy it on behalf of our franchise owners. And we think that's really important because it would be very difficult you know, if you're one store owner out sure. of 700 to try to understand the nuances of uh, paid search and organic search and social media and a lot of the emerging channels within digital. So we're able to obviously make that those dollars go a lot farther. It is supplemented also with some spend in the local, which may be more in the traditional channels of local radio, or we've tested in some streaming, et cetera. But I think probably the biggest advantage that we're seeing right now is that we've kind of exploded in two areas. One is in franchise development. So like uh, we have 30 new stores will open this year on wow. a chain of 700. Already and 30 will, new stores. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And by the end of the year, we'll have 30. We're opening about four a month. Right. For those and, who think retail is you know, not growing. Oh, by the way, 30 <laughs> new stores. That's right. <laughs> Folks are saying, what, what's the death of retail? Right. Yeah, we feel fortunate <laughs> that we have a heck of a story and we have we'll we'll sign 55 new signings this year of folks choosing to enter our batteries plus family wow. and so as we do that i think one of the natural things is we have a lot of coverage that comes from welcome this new owner to the system congratulate this one on opening an additional store congratulations on winning the samsung partnership or we just rolled out a new partnership with Razor Scooters. And so I think folks are seeing some of that momentum build. And it's very exciting because totally. it's a very shareable uh, economy right now and, and shareable messaging to be able to get that out there. And I think it's driving some excitement in the brand. That's so cool. Man, it's awesome. I love it. And I love what you're doing there. Um, you know, you've, you've had some different leadership roles. Uh, and here you are uh, leading this growing retail brand, which is exciting, as we've all just heard. Um, I'd love for you to share like two or three of your leadership lessons. In other words, as you, whether in your current role or previous roles, the things you've learned along the way for others that aspire to be in your type of role or growing a brand or looking to get into a, a business like what you're in, you know, what would be two or three things? you'd share with our audience 
Well, first of all, I think no matter how many years you've been in retail, et cetera, you have not seen every situation that you're going to face. There's going totally. to be a new one. And just go ahead and point to 2020 right. to be one <laughs> of those. Yeah. And so <laughs> I call it kind of adapting and leading in the moment. And so as COVID hit across the country, we really needed to reinforce some things that we hadn't spent a lot of time on. So first of all, ensuring that all of our stores were essential because we sell to hospitals, we sell to first responders, a variety of things. And to be able to equip our owners to say, you know, if you're going to and from work, you actually have a letter that shows this is an essential business and it's very important for us to be open. And so, and then follow that up with, we have folks facing new challenges they'd never seen before, but maybe in a good way. So there's information out there on PPP money and stimulus. Absolutely. And so how is a small business uh, designed to be able to apply for that? You know, can the franchisor help you sort through that? Because that ended up being a very important factor because first of all, our stores never closed, but then after uh, slightly down in March and April, we ended up having a great May and a record June last wow, year. Wow. So that allowed folks to invest in inventory and hiring, et cetera. So you don't go into the year thinking, hey, we're going to help navigate stimulus checks. But as you get into it, you think I've, I've got to pivot to where folks really need us right now. Um, you know, the other lesson I think is that really it's important about communication and storytelling. Um, as we looked at this pandemic, we went to a every day at 3 p.m. war room oh, assessing wow. yep. what was going on, shelter in place, stay at home orders. What does it look like from a supply chain point of view and getting information out to our folks who really did not have much comparison between what was happening in different parts of the country. And you have to change a little bit about, you know, your your cadence. I, I sent out a message every Friday and we started needing to do our recognition via Zoom bombs and right, different ways to be of, able to keep right, our, employees, totally. our employees engaged. And so I was really proud of the team as they took this opportunity to really take that storytelling and to get the information out in the franchise development saying, hey, don't just think about Batteries Plus as, hey, that'd be a really great place if I was going to be in sort of, you know, power or electronics. But maybe we had to think about Batteries Plus as an opportunity. It's one of the best franchise stories out there that right. could compete with food could compete with fitness and we're finding folks coming in that have had 15 or 20 units in another space and they're saying i want to get into a essential business i want to see someone who's thriving and that rounds out my portfolio versus just being in one segment of franchising and that's been fun to welcome them to the family well love that what's a great advice I, um and one more for you on the people side as, as you come into an organization um as the as the leader right and you have a great network in your background how do you assess talent how do you decide you know who the right people are to surround yourself with and and how do you think about mentors and things like that yeah, well, what I found that's worked out well for us here is that I don't think you should have just one formula for how you're going to build your team. And what I've found is that if you look at our leadership team at Batteries Plus, it's a really healthy blend of veterans and folks that have joined in my two years and three months. And if you can navigate through that from a culture point of view and the trust and collaboration point of view, 
you actually get the best of both worlds. So those that have been around a while have history with the brand. They have heavier product knowledge. They have trust with the franchise community. And as you bring in new blood, they are able to do the, hey, have we ever thought about? So why wouldn't we be able to go out and buy back some stores? Or why wouldn't we be able to uh, approach Samsung on this partnership? Or why wouldn't we be able to remodel the stores? And I'm finding that as long as you're winning together, that teamwork and collaboration, and you kind of get the blend of both worlds, uh, really is a powerful combination. Well, love that. And uh, what a great, great piece of advice. Uh, for those who haven't been to batteriesplus.com, you can go to the site to buy product there. You can buy product, pick up at the store. You can go to the store, easily search for it there, or just Google it and, and find it. Um, Scott, any final piece of advice for our listeners before we go today? I would just close by saying thank you for having me. And as we think about the change in retail, Keep in mind that there's always a bunch of opportunities as much as there are challenges. And I think skating to where the puck is going to be and utilizing the embracing of technology with the brick and mortar stores is going to be a powerful combination. And love talking about it. It's my passion. And I really appreciate you having I love me. it. And okay, you got to come back on, Scott. We're, we're going to have you back on later this year. This has been so fun. And um, and so much will happen in the next couple of, I'd say, even three to six months. So, man, I hope you come back and join us again. And thank you for making the time today. I'd welcome the chance to come back. I really enjoyed it. You're doing some great work here. And I love the conversation. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.